Hey friend, I'm Michael McCurry. Welcome to Bible Tracked Echoes. I want to thank you so much for joining me today. Right now, I have the privilege of being in Australia, and that's where I'm coming to you from. I've had the opportunity to help with a camp this week and looking forward to closing it out strong over these next couple of days. But I'm thankful for each and every one of you that has prayed for us. I know it sounds cliche, but to say thank you for your prayers, it is the least I can do for something you have invested so much time, effort, and energy in. There are so many of you that over these past few days and weeks of January, you've prayed for the Ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated, and by extension, you prayed for me and my family. Of course, being on the other side of the world, I didn't have the opportunity to bring my wife and children with me this time, and so many of you have prayed for us while we've been separated, but I've been here working with this camp and ministering to some young people, investing in them, preaching, and they've had such a great spirit. The attitude has has been phenomenal. I'm thankful for the privilege I have to serve the King of Kings, but I'm also just blown away that I get to serve him alongside you. We are blessed to be co-laborers. I'm going to ask you if you would to grab your Bibles and go to the book of 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles. Earlier this week, we talked to Pastor Sherwin Ramos. He's the pastor that invited me over here this year. I was here last year preaching a soul-winning revival at four or five different churches. And the Lord willing, and maybe in 2026, I'll be over here doing that again. But this year, I am here for this camp. And uh, he and I share a joint burden for something I mentioned yesterday, multi-generational ministry. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. Those of you listening on the radio, you will hear the background sounds of wind coming over the mountain range. We're in the Blue Mountains west of Sydney, Australia, and it's beautiful here. Uh, yes, everything is upside down, down under. Uh, everything's a little different. My body clock is completely switched, and it'll be, I'm sure, a joy coming back to America and trying to get back on Central Time, where I live in Illinois. But in the meanwhile, we are enjoying our time as we talk about multi-generational ministry. I'm going to ask you to consider, as I speak to you today and for the remainder of this week, just a couple more days, I want you to think about your part as it pertains to multi-generational ministry. Second Chronicles chapter number 5 and verse number 13, the Bible says this, And it came even to pass, as the trumpeters and singers were as one, to make one sound, to be heard, and praising and thanking the Lord. And when they had lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. That then the house was filled with a cloud, even the house of the Lord, so that the priests could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. This thought that I'm going to bring to you today and the next two days of this week, I'll be honest with you, probably more than any other, this thought burdens me. Now, we understand that there is no prophecy left, to my knowledge, that needs to be fulfilled before Christ comes back. We realize he could come back at any time. It could be today, could be tomorrow, but it also could be a hundred years from now. It could be a thousand years from now, a, a day with a, uh, a day with the Lord's as a thousand years here, and we have no concept of eternity, really. And so it could be 
that he does come back soon by earthly, by human standards, but it could be that he comes back many years hence. And if he does come back many years from now, beyond the scope of my lifetime, beyond the scope of yours, then we need to be concentrated on a multi-generational approach to ministry. The reason I've chosen these particular verses as our text, our beginning verses today, I had the opportunity to speak at a music seminar. I got to co-host a music seminar. It was a great time. The delegates were wonderful. I learned a lot. I hope they did as well. We had a great time. But as we uh, went through this seminar, I, I was struck by the need for multi-generational music. And that's not going to be the theme today. I, I want to talk about multi-generational ministry. But there's so many similarities. In this verse, these verses in Second Chronicles chapter 5, these verses came up a few different times throughout the music seminar, and they grabbed me, and the Lord gave me this thought, and I hope it's a blessing to you. But I want to point out that we, especially in the Western world, maybe my Australian friends, maybe my American friends, we have a difficult time with time. Often, I guess I'll speak for me, and you can identify whether it's true for you or not. I sometimes have difficulty thinking further than 90 seconds from now when my microwave is supposed to ding. We have a very much uh, an instant gratification viewpoint of life, don't we? We often sacrifice the future on the altar of the immediate. There are many cultures that are not quite so inclined. There are many Eastern cultures. Of course, we think of the Hebrews, the Israelites, the Jewish people. They're often, they think more long-term, and not just in their lifetime, but the lifetimes of their sons, their sons' sons. How many times did the Bible talk about the a curse or a blessing being on a family for two and three and four generations? It seems like time is a little more stretched out for them, for those other cultures in the East, Asian cultures, for them, their history, both culturally and their countries, their nations, stretch back much further than ours, 250, 300 years. That's the totality of our nation's history. But that's a drop in the bucket relative to, say, Chinese culture or some others. We don't think of time as much as other nations do. We think of ourselves, we think of our place in time, and we think of making good for ourselves. If we can think as far as our retirement, that's about as far as we go sometimes. But biblically, I don't believe that should be the case. As I've said, this burden presses on me, and I'd like to communicate it to you today. As we dive in today, I'd like to point out that, yes, I realize that I have been, from my younger years, something of, if you'd allow me to say, an old soul. And I don't say that to pat myself on the back and talk about how mature I am, uh, but partly because of my, my height, because of how I looked at a young age. At 10, people thought I was a teenager. At 13, people thought I was 16. At 16, people thought I had graduated college. And now, at 31 years old, I sounds like, according to people I talk to, if I, if they, if I, if I ask them how old I am without warning them first, uh, people tell me that I have the face of a 45-year-old and a voice of a 60-year-old. And that's all right. That's all right. 
but I have always tried my best to think a little bit more long-term. When I was in Bible college, for instance, I looked around at my classmates and I would think to myself, some of these men, I could see myself working with. I could see us being co-laborers, partners together for the gospel's sake, maybe even work in the same ministry. I think we get along great. There were others I would look at and say, I, you know, I could see myself hiring that person. He's very squared away. I could see myself hiring that person as an employee someday down the line. There were others, and this was a very small part of the population, a very select few. There were a few that were around my age even, who I said, you know, I respect that one enough, that man. I could see myself working for him. I'll be honest with you, that requires stepping outside of where you live right now. It requires a little bit of detachment. You've got to zoom out and, and see more than just where you are. I've found throughout my life that timing is incredibly important. Oftentimes, we think about the where, the where, the geographical place of God's will. But I have found for me the when, the timing of God's will is much more difficult to come to grips with than the where. The where, uh, just point me at the map. Maybe it's because my father was in the military and we moved eight times in my first 18 years. The where, that was pretty easy. Just tell me where I'm supposed to be. But it was the patience. It was waiting for God's perfect timing or making sure I was fast enough to keep up with God's timing. That, for me, has been difficult. I do my best, but I'll be honest with you, sometimes I fail. Sometimes my patience is not what it should be. I'll be honest with you, this trip to Australia, I've been looking forward to it. I had looked forward to it for a while, and now that I'm here, you know what I think? What's next? What's next? I'm here. I'm present. I'll be honest with you. I want to invest in these young people that I had the opportunity to talk to, get to preach a service this evening. I'm so excited about it. But you know, we can get ahead of and we can get behind God's will. And as we talk about, as I have labored this day to kind of lay out the introduction and the thought behind why I'm speaking on multi-generational ministry, I'd ask you, how's your relationship with those that came before? How is your relationship with those that are coming after? How is your relationship with even those that you are peers with? Tomorrow and Friday, we're going to talk about precisely, according to some biblical concepts, how we can accomplish multi-generational ministry. We're going to talk about how to reach the next generation, how to reach out and link hands with the next generation, but also to not forget to reach back to those that came before and to link hands with them. But before we do that, could you just take stock? Could you maybe just look inside and take a little inventory of your relationship with God's timing? If you're anything like me, there's probably a lot to confess. I'm often ahead and I'm often behind. Very rarely am I right on time. But that is the goal. It's not going to happen if we don't keep a keen ear. I think of music. This music seminar we had a few weeks past, 
Putting your hands in the right spot to strike a chord on the piano or on whatever instrument you play, maybe even on a guitar, and putting your hands and your fingers precisely where they're supposed to be on those frets and strings, and that is mildly easy. But remembering precisely when to strum the chord and to do so in time with all the music, that can be difficult. I want to be in tune with God's piece of music. Friend, thank you so much for joining me. And again, to each and every one of you that prayed for our ministry this month, thank you so much. I greatly appreciate your investment of time. Thank you for listening. My prayer as always is that you have a wonderful day, a great day for his glory. We're going to dive further into multi-generational ministry tomorrow and Friday. God bless. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample booklet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 130, Dwight, Illinois, 604 a faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.